Hi, this is Katrina Idelior, and this is Becoming Super Pops. Becoming Super Pops is a podcast to shine light on fathers who choose to become primary carers of their children, breaking gender-based stereotypes, braving awkward conversations, and leading their families to reach their full potential. I'll be having conversations with different Super Pops, hear their stories, and learn how we as a broader community can support them. Hi everyone, welcome to the third episode. I'm so excited to introduce to you our next guest, Mr. Blake Woodward. So I came to know Blake's advocacy and work through John Stokes, who was in episode two. John spoke very highly of Blake's work and Sue Tai Stroller, and Dad's End, and so I sent him a message in Facebook, not expecting that he would reply within minutes. I must say that the more I interact with Blake and learn about his advocacy, the more I believe that there's a chance for us to achieve equality and parity. So links to Blake's work on Sutai Stroller and Dad's End could be found on the podcast description. Welcome, Blake, to Becoming Super Pops. I've been looking forward to this conversation because we just celebrated Father's Day, and you and your team at Dad's End have released a series of creative posts and resources for dads in different stages of parenthood. Welcome. Thanks, Katrina. Thanks for having me along. How are you today, Blake? Yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, it's yeah, a couple of days after Father's Day, and, and um, we were quite busy over this last week, as you said, posting lots of videos and you know, creating lots of content, um, sharing stories of other dads, particularly focusing of dads in lockdown, um, and you know, what are some of the the learnings and challenges that they've been facing over the last few weeks, and ultimately pulling all that together to celebrate um, fatherhood, which was a lot of fun and um, seemed to get quite a lot of, of traction. So you can check out those videos on our dads and uh, Facebook page, our Instagram page, and you can even follow us on LinkedIn and there's, there's lots of content on there. So it's been a lot of fun this last week. Fantastic. I can imagine that fun is also coupled with exhaustion. <laughs> well, when you add up yeah, everything that goes into trying to do those things during lockdown, uh, as well as a day job and looking after the kids and, and all of that, yeah, there's, um, yeah, it's been a lot going on. So it's, it's nice that that's, um, that little campaign has now run its course and we can uh, stop for a moment and uh, take a breath and get back to uh, life as usual. But um, yeah, it's something I'm, I'm obviously really passionate about. So I get a lot of energy by doing that as well. So it's, yeah. Good fun. Well, congratulations to you and your team, Blake. In the intro, I mentioned that I came to know you through your work in Suit Thai Stroller, and now you have a new venture in Dad's End. Can you tell us more about the origins of both advocacies and your plans for them in the future? Certainly. So, I mean, I guess the, the starting point for both of those um, new ventures was becoming a father myself. It's um, it's something which I've I've always wanted to do, and um, you know I've wanted to be an involved dad. I had a, um, do have a great dad myself who, um, you know, he did everything he could to try and be as involved um, as possible while also you know running his own small business. Um, and so I guess some of those values were really instilled in me from a young age. Um, but 
where my journey began. I mean, I still grew up in the you know, same society as all of us that uh, when it actually comes to uh, dads as primary carers or being, you know, that type of uh, having that type of involvement in caring, um, it's still, you know, very much a, a foreign concept and was for me as well. Um, I guess the the trigger for me to you know take um, extensive parental leave and um, and I guess kind of really take to caring as as part of my role as a dad in this way um, was actually around having access to paid parental leave. Both my wife and I both worked for Price Waterhouse Coopers at the time. Um, my wife still works there, um, and we we had access to eighteen weeks of paid leave. So when it came around to even uh, you know, telling my boss that, hey, we're, we're pregnant, you know, his response was, you are taking parental leave, right? So having that encouragement and that access to that type of leave, it was a no-brainer that I was, I was going to um, take the time off. Um, and by both of us having that amount of leave, it just gave us so many options to figure out um, how did we want to share the care between both of us. Um, and it really empowered us to figure out, yeah, what's what's the best way um, to care for our son and, and how long can we um, take off, you know, one at a time or together? Like what are, what are the different options to try and look through to, to make sure that our son uh, had the the best amount of care until we felt that he was ready to go into daycare, which was inevitable from from our family situation. Um, but through that journey and taking that time off, I also realised that um, the experience that I was having on parental leave was very different to what my wife experienced. So, you know, from birth, she obviously had access to the uh, the, the mother's groups um that you know she was placed into straight after she uh, left hospital she had the um access to you know the nurses straight after birth um the in-home carers there were lots of other mums and and networks that uh, facebook networks and, and things which um which had online mothers groups there was just always this um whole array of resources that she had at her fingertips when it came around to my turn I started looking out for, you know, where do I go to for help? Where do I go to when I have that question? And found that there was just this absence of content for dad, uh, for dads. And then when I went to the park, I was typically the only father there. It was, you know, lots of mums um, and, and their mother's groups or there with, with their parents, the grandparents. Um, but, you know, it was just such a, a rare and isolating feeling, um, you know, to be the dad at the park. And so through that experience, that's where I thought, well, look, there's such a gap here dads you know this experience is just so incredible where are all the dads and what can i do to try and support other dads in, in getting involved in caring um and i guess the more I, I researched into trying to answer that question of where are the dads the more i realized that there's so much history that's actually led us to this point um this cultural and social mindset that um, you know dads are the primary earners, not the carers, um, that the, the policies in our social structure um, supports women to be the carers, but it's not as nearly as inclusive of, of dads. Uh, and then, you know, that even just um, bands into, forms the social norms that we have um, that can also be a barrier to dads becoming carers like this. So that's where I started Suit Tie Stroller. 
and thought, well, look, I, I can only speak from my experience. I'm a brand new dad. I'm not an expert dad by any means. Um, but what have I learned that might be helpful for, for other dads or, or new dads starting out? And so that's where I started, um, yeah, sharing some of my story, sharing the research that I was finding about the benefits for dads becoming more and more involved um, in caring the different ways to be involved, some some tips around uh, how to make the most of your time off or even how to have that conversation uh, with your boss. What are the options, not just par uh, parental leave, but what are the other options that can empower dads to, um, you know, to, to spend more time with their family? And then that also led into more of an advocacy piece of, you know, how do we actually change our, our social mindsets and our, you know, government and corporate policies to try and be more inclusive of dads for the benefit of all, for the benefit of mums, of families, of workplaces, um, and try and advocate for that. That was uh, the birth of my son. I've since had a daughter in there as well and taken parental leave uh, all over again. Um, and I guess as my journey has evolved, I've wanted to, I guess one of the passions for me has been around how can I support dads more? And that's where um, I found a few other like-minded uh, people and we got together and formed Dads And earlier this year. And our focus with Dads And um, is to go beyond my experience of the corporate world and try and um, uh, develop resources for all dads to support them through the various phases of the fatherhood journey and to provide real life stories like what we started capturing in in the um the father the father's day campaign um but more in depth around you know what are the challenges about you know these particular aspects about fatherhood at, along the different phases of the the timeline um to share real stories set expectations and challenges and and what different dads have done um to um yeah to overcome some of those the, the challenges that we face within fatherhood and we look at um, as a dad, the, the different aspects that we, um, you know, the, the different roles that we play as a dad, um, how to look after yourself and your own personal health and well-being to be the best dad you can be, um, how to be uh, the best parent, provider, partner um, through this whole journey through parenthood. So that's um, where we're up to now, writing those resources, and we're hoping to um, release the first uh, set of those later this year. Perfect. And um, so just to um, clarify, uh, Blake, so Dad's End is is a holistic sort of um, advocacy organization that not only you're supporting dads individually, but you're also supporting corporates in, you know, how to be more inclusive and making sure that their policies would be gender neutral is is that the is that the intention or is that in the pipeline good question um yes yeah, so I, I guess you know being a, a startup where um and we've only got you know, a couple of people involved there's you know, only so much um capacity that we we have so we've decided to to start just by creating the resources um and uh opening them up not just you know for dads directly but then also uh, we're designing and designing it in a way that can be packaged for organizations so that they can um, provide that to their employees um, and their, their fathers um, as part of their the suite of resources for parents um, so you know there's other resources out there that support 
uh, mums and um, and I guess parents more broadly, but it's often coming from the starting point of of supporting mums on uh, parental leave. Uh, but we've decided that yeah, we we would really love to support dads specifically. So what's that fatherhood journey? Um, so yeah, that can be provided or will be able to be provided um, by organisations to their staff. Um, and and then of course you know we've discussed plans around you know what are the, the bigger issues at play here and um and you know this is only one you know, i guess one of the main motivations behind this is around um creating a more um, equal and equitable world for all parents because we see that by fathers becoming involved like this there's so many benefits um for everyone including women and so that's where um yeah we're hoping that our resources and you know potential you know future work as well uh, where we might be able to work with organisations to help them, um, yeah, figure out by focusing on parents or uh, parents collectively how they can be more gender equal within their organisations. We've we found in, in chatting to, to quite a few organisations now that um, even when they have great parental leave policies and um, time off available, um, sometimes it then turns into the issue of, well, why aren't the dads taking this? We, we have this leave, but where are all the dads? And so, um, yeah, that's what we're, we're really trying to, to tackle for more of that um, cultural norm and that social norm to try and challenge, um, you know, that father-earner mindset and say, hey, look, there's actually so many benefits from being um, involved in taking this leave. Here, here are the incentives. Um, and that's yeah, part of the, the stories and the resources that we're trying to, to share to try and um, help organisations not just have the right um, frameworks and policies in place, but actually have it as something which sparks a cultural change. Because, um, we, yeah, we believe it's, it's the best thing for their workforce and for our society in general. I can imagine engagement scores would skyrocket once you've got really inclusive uh, parental leave uh, policies. Yeah, and it's um, when I was putting Sit to Stroller together, I, I hit that point of, look, it's one thing to convince dads to take leave, but it's another thing to convince uh, workforces to change, especially when it's actually coming at a cost for them. And so what are the benefits of an organisation um, in, in actually providing better parental leave or opening up to have equal leave regardless of gender um, to take away um, primary and secondary carer labels in their policies. And I even actually spoke to, I was working for PwC at the time and I, I spoke to, to one of the partners there and um, who, who was in audit and I thought would be a good person to approach on this. And I said, look, it'd be great to figure out how we can even come up with a cost-benefit analysis for organisations to, you know, um, let the let the dollars speak for themselves mm. as to why they should um, do this. And his response, actually, uh, I wasn't expecting this. He just said, "Yeah, but, but Blake, regardless of that, it's just the right thing to do." Mm. Um, and and that's what he he loved about the the policy at um, at PwC that I, I benefited from. Of you know, it wasn't just you know good from um, the dad's perspective. Um, and from the the other um, things like um, you know being able to advertise as a great place to work for all parents, the um, you know the 
uh, recruitment and retention, the engagement, um, uh, you know, increases that um, by having you know, a parental leave policy like this, it, you know, it benefited PwC in, in so many ways from that regard too. Uh, when you look at it, when you can retain someone versus the cost of them leaving because they're unhappy or they're disengaged, especially for parents seeking, um, you know, better work-life balance or flexibility or, or, you know, a better way to be able to care for their children, like there, there seems to be quite a, um, um, you know, a, a talent war for especially us millennials around, um, you know, with you know parental leave and flexible working options as a key part in attracting top talent. So, you know, when you look at the cost of replacing an employee versus, you know, paying them eighteen um, weeks leave, that increases their engagement, increases their retention. Like there's there's those angles that are, are no brainers. But I just loved his response of yeah, but forget about all that. It's just the right thing to do so um yeah i mean yeah, if, anyway. if it's the right thing to do you should you know, there must be like a hundred x multiplier in all the numbers that's right that's <laughs> right and so on my my suit tie stroller website i i do actually have a page that try and sets out that argument uh, for organizations as to um you know why what is the benefit of of providing this type of leave for dads or expanding it out to dads awesome so, Blake, uh, fast forward 10 years from now, 2031, where would you like suit tie stroller to be and where would you like dad's end to be? <laughs> um, well, suit tie stroller was, you know, it was really about me launching myself into this space and, and just trying to fill a bit of a gap. Um, it's something which um, in some respects kind of became synonymous with with me because um, I was the only one doing it. And as much as I tried to, you know, include pictures of, of other dads, there's, you know, it, a lot of them about me and it was, it was very much my story. Um, so that's where I've, I'll keep ticking that along as my, my side project. Um, and, you know, like last year, we, we did some research um, with the, the people I'm working with now at Dad's End. That was our starting point together. Uh, we did some research on fatherhood through COVID, and that just gave us so many insights around, um, you know, the or well, yeah, the, the impact of this this stage of uh, of of COVID, um, how dads being at home is actually impacting their desire to be more involved at home moving forward. Um, it, it gave us just so many insights of where we could continue to take this, and that formed into dads. And so, uh, my my big focus now is is really propping up dads and um, you know as a business as a means for supporting. Um, other dads and, and trying to develop these products, um, uh, these resources where dads can can go to it and say, all right, this is where I am at, at the fatherhood journey. I'm in the pregnancy phase, or I'm at the um, you know the post birth phase, or returning to work phase. And um, you know, what are some tips that that they can learn? What are some other stories from other dads that they can hear about and learn from? Um, and even relate to from, you know, every family is different. Every father is different. The, the diversity of dads is 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 so broad. I mean, when we, we set out doing the survey, one of the hardest questions I found to write was the demographics of how do we, how do we capture what a dad looks like? Because there were just so many different angles. And that's what we're trying to capture within these resources for dads too, to share stories um, and even some confronting stories too, um, not just the, the feel good, um, you know, we're not telling anyone how to be a dad. We want to share real stories that people can connect with and learn from. So, you know, we want to, and, and are recording stories of, um, you know, new dads, older dads, um, single dads, um, uh, 
even tackling the stories of, you know, what about the, when the pregnancy doesn't go to plan? What about miscarriage? Things that dads just don't typically talk about. We want to have these conversations. What about setting expectations about um, the impact of parenthood, and especially those early months after pregnancy, on the relationship with your partner? What are the expectations um, for, you know, for dads to actually learn and understand about when they go into those um, those phases when, uh, you know, the mum just doesn't want to be touched at all because she's, um, you know, got a baby on on the, on the her all day or the just the impact on, on breastfeeding, on, on intimacy. We want to explore those options so we can set real expectations for dads to try and strengthen um, their family unit um, to aid them in becoming the best dad they can be from all those different um, angles that I mentioned about, you know, um, you know, being their own individual person, being a, a partner, a provider, a parent, um, and yeah, just in, in, just really embrace the whole diversity of fatherhood. Fantastic. What I'm hearing, Blake, is that you will be busy, very busy in the next 10 years, because there would still be challenges in terms of parity, quality, and there would be a next generation of fathers that you need to to guide. That's right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that I, I love about this work is that there are always new dads. We don't run out of, if I can put it really bluntly, we don't run out of customers, do we? Because there's always yeah. a new generation of dads that, um, <laughs> that you know, want to connect and want to look at a different way to, to be a father. And that's um, what we really try to capture in our vision for dads and um, which is, is really about uh, redefining fatherhood um, to create a more equitable society. That's really, really inspiring. Now, Blake, let's park Blake, the co-founder of Dad's End, to the side first, and let's focus on Blake, the dad. What's the hardest part of of your day? Oh, uh, <laughs> the hardest part about my day, um, the juggle. Mm especially in lockdowns at the moment, but even beyond lockdowns, um, you know, I've, I've also got a, another job as well. Um, so, you know, while I've got this startup, I've, I've, I've also got a, another job. Um, uh, I work with a, a gender equality not-for-profit called the Champions of Change Coalition. So I have my, um, you know, I've, I've got work there to be doing. My wife um, still works as well at the moment. We've got our kids at home because our son's not allowed at daycare at the moment because we're not an essential service. Uh, so trying to figure out how I do all of that, plus dad's end, suit tie stroller, and care for the kids um, has been a real challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it's one of those things that compounds over time. So um, at the moment where... We're constantly trying to figure out how to balance our day because someone needs to be caring for the kids. We can't just leave them alone. Um, and even where we have little times where we overlap, where we're both on a call or in a meeting, we put the TV on, um, you know, for the kids, we can only rely on that for short periods of time. Um, mm. So, um, you know, at the moment, I'm doing a lot of my work at night and looking after the kids during the day. Um, and then you get tired. <laughs> mm. And then when you're tired, you don't um, present your best self to your kids. Um, you're, you're more agitated more agitated mm. agitated more easily um you're more stressed and then they feed off that um and i, I really see uh, we, when i'm stressed it the kids become stressed and they interact and become a lot more needy and, and scream a lot more and then it's this downward spiral mm. so 
trying to figure out ways like i i've realized through this last couple of weeks of lockdown that um it seems like i'm either looking up or looking down and when i'm looking down that's when i'm, I'm feeling stressed and I'm, I'm feeling anxious around or even just you know dealing with this <laughs> yeah, the tolerance of the screams and the um uh, you know the, the bad moments with the children and you know they're going through a lot in lockdown too and they're reacting in different ways but if i if i look down i continue to go down mm. if i try and find ways to look up what are ways that i can instead of you know sitting there wishing that the situation was different or getting stressed about the work that i'm not doing if i try and engage with them in the moment and figure out how to turn that into a positive engagement with them how do i um, you know put my phone down uh, as you know the first big one and actually go okay um I'm not going to use that as an escape outlet. They're screaming. How can I turn this into a game with them? How can I have fun with them? How can we, um, you know, turn this in a way to to be be positive with them? And and so you know, when I look up um, and think around, how can I make this you know the best moment with them? Things get better. Um, and I find that there's there's no neutral. There's no looking straight ahead. It's either up or down. <laughs> if mm -hmm. I'm if I'm not looking up. I'm looking down and it's starting to get weighed down and it's it's a lot harder to focus that effort into looking up but i find it's the the most um most rewarding and certainly leads to a much um easier environment to do all the, the balancing and juggling that we're doing at the moment i guess yeah. you need to invent a splint that just you know makes you look up all the time to remind you <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right but um you know it's also something that we're doing together it's not just me doing the caring my wife um even these last two days uh, has taken she um did it you know a whole lot of extra hours and put in a whole lot of extra effort last week so she could try and free up monday and tuesday so i could have um some time doing my work to catch up and you know so we're we're doing it together and, and constantly trying to figure out, you know, what are each other's needs with our work, um, even just with our, our mental state. Do you need a break? Okay, let me take the kids so you can go for a walk. Looking after each other um, is a big thing to, to not feel like we're doing it alone because um, even when you're in the home, if you feel alone like that, it's um, it's it can be very isolating. So, um, yeah, we're, we're doing all we can to do it together, which has been one of our, our core values when we went into this whole parenting thing of, um, you know, we're in this together. Oh, you put that so eloquently. Thank you. Um, Blake, so you've mentioned what the hardest part of your day, but what is the best part of the day? What do you look forward to the most? It's It really is. It's back to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, those moments of looking up, um, finding yeah. those, those times um, where you can actually spend some real quality time with them and, uh, you know, how much I'm learning from my kids about – you know the the beauty that's being created in them their personality what really brings them to life what makes them happy um i'm i'm just loving this time with them it is it is so special and so precious they're you know two and four um they grow up so quickly and i'm not going to get this time with them again um you know, at the moment, my my daughter is is pulling together a whole lot of phrases and and um, <laughs> forming sentences, and sometimes, um, you know, words that she's meaning to say sound like something absolutely horrible that never came out of my <laughs> mouth. But you know, it's all that fun of she's she's learning to try and speak, and so there's just so many fun and funny moments with them, um, and even just you know that connection, that bond that I get with them when they they come up and just want to have a cuddle. 
um, mm. or you know, even when they are upset, and I'm I'm able to, um, you know, to to sit with them and understand them and help them through solve the problem that they're they're going through. Like I just find that so incredibly rewarding and empowering. Like I, I really hate these um, these stereotypes that caring isn't a masculine thing. I actually find mm. it so empowering to be able to provide for my family on all fronts. Um, yes, I can go to work and I've had, you know, um, a career up until this point and I still have a career. Obviously, it's taken a different shape and um, juggling you know, a couple of different part-time jobs because um, that's the right setup for our family and what I want to do. Um, but I can also provide for my family by by cooking um, and, you know, trying to include the, the, the kids in that. So, you know, mm. we've, we've used this time to, uh, you know, we've made some some caramel slice the other day, which uh, was the first attempt that we've done. It was one of my, it's one of my favourite, um, you know, little treats when I go to a cafe and we decided to, since we can't go to the cafe, let's make it at home. And, you know, they had a lot of fun doing that together. Um, and they're learning through that every day, making mm. sandwiches for them. These last couple of days, both my two and my four-year-old have been saying, I want to make my sandwich. And they've started started um you know making their own sandwiches on father's day my son brought out you know, a whole lot of plates um with you know, different assortments of you know of jam and peanut butter and, and honey on on bread and brought them out for all of us that he was he was making lunch for the family and that was just such a special moment that um i had just had to kind of you know stop and and um, you know, take note of the moment to be, be present even more to remember it because, like, it really touched me that he's something that he was an act of service that he was wanting to do um, from something that he's, he's obviously seen, um, you know, me and, and my wife do for him so long that he wanted to do the same for us. And that was just so beautiful. That's beautiful. And come to think of it, there is a lot of skill involved in making a sandwich. <laughs> Especially for a two- and four-year-old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Um, I've got my last question for this first part, and it is, in the last four to five years, what would you regard as your proudest moment as a father? Oh, wow. I need a, a moment to think about that. Um, Go ahead. Mm. It's like I'm, I'm having trouble putting it down on one moment, and it's more around those moments that play back the result of everything you've been trying to build towards. Mm. Um, we've been very deliberate and purposeful in how we have um, set up our family, in how we've both taken extensive parental leave, we've both invested in our children. We've moved from Sydney to Canberra um, in the pursuit of um, uh, uh, trying to find a better work-life balance because of the jobs we were working um, in Sydney and being in consulting and, and you know, flying interstate at, you know, uh, at a, a moment's notice, never being able to have, um, you know, dinner together. Um, mm. We made a very conscious, it was a, a really difficult decision, but we felt it was the right one and we'd just go with it and we decided to move to Canberra in order to try and, um, you know, reduce a up to like it was taking me up to an hour and a half to get um uh you know to get from door to door from um from home to work in the mornings with daycare drop off um you know catching multiple forms of um of transport while my wife was working interstate um you know that just that juggle was not the life that we wanted to lead um and now uh 
you know, we, we work or when I was working at, at, at PwC and where my wife works now when we're allowed out of the house, um, you know, it's, it's 15 minutes away to any of our clients. Um, we get so much more time together and seeing that play out in the dynamic in our home um, and most importantly, with our, our children. So now that, that Samuel, uh, this is a long way to get to the answer, but now that you know, when, as, when Samuel is, is at preschool at the moment um, and when we hear reports back from him about you know, the values that we've been trying to build, the way he's demonstrating that, how he cares for his, you know, the children around him or how he's just got um, you know, such a real, um, real empathy that we we see in him that we've you know we've tried to grow and be around just to share and 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 you know really you know help him in seeing his strengths um, and trying to you know engage with him to build those more the way he interacts with his with his sister that for me is is the most rewarding part of all of this that you you actually see um, and and are there are present to, to see those those beautiful moments you know, like the sandwich on Sunday. Um, mm. Or you know the the things that he does for his sister to you know to to help her not you know when she gets upset or cries he'll be there trying to make her happy and um, you know just yeah the the love that we see being created between the two of them is you know is something that I really cherish and I'm here to see which has just been fantastic. I think seeing your kids growing as empathetic people is truly a beautiful and proud moment. Thank you for sharing your story, your family story, and your advocacy towards a more equitable society. Now that wraps up the first part of the show, and I now welcome you to the second part, which is a set of rapid fire questions. All right, let's get into it. First question, fill in the blanks. Lockdown is... <laughs> tough. <laughs> it's tough, but rewarding. <laughs> if I had a superpower, it would be oh, to have eyes in all rooms to know what's going on with the kids <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yep. Good answer. If I had 25 hours a day, I would use the extra hour to. Sleep. <laughs> Catch up on sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. How about what is the song that best describes your life right now? Oh, the fun part about it right now is that um, there's so many kids' songs that just constantly get played. And when I try and think of a song, they're the only ones that kind of come to mind. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the, the downsides of this period of moment, uh, this moment in time of um, having your head just filled with, you know, if you're happy, you know it, clap your hands or something from the Wiggles or mm. something. So, fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> let, no, let's just go with that because it's the first thing that comes to mind. Happy and you know it. Clap your hands. I, <laughs> I wish there was something more insightful and more deep and meaningful to reflect on, but literally that's that's my world at the moment. <laughs> no, Blake, that's perfect. Um, in episode one, my husband answered, be our guest, because we've been watching <laughs> a lot of Beauty and the Beast lately. So that's the perfect answer. Well, I'm glad it just wasn't, you know, a let it go from, um, you know, Frozen <laughs> or one of those sorts of ones, because that's that's been playing around my head many times too. <laughs> Your go-to activity with the kids during lockdown? Um, we back onto a reserve, and so it's getting outside and going for a walk along the reserve. And being Canberra, there's even kangaroos that we see. So, um, you know, just 
being able to get out the back gate for um, or now we're allowed two hours and just trying to um, soak in nature as much as we can. How do you best describe your parenting style? Oh, uh, as a one word, involved. Um, yep. Yeah, trying to be as involved and engaging with them as possible. And I guess one of the things that I, I really love doing is trying to get down to their level um, to interact with them eye to eye. And I even find that there's just such a big difference between, you know, especially when I when I said when I'm looking down, when I'm stressed, and I, I try and parent from above and do this, do that, stop doing this, um, you know, it's a much harder task um, and forms a level of disengagement between them uh, as to when I kind of, um, you know, can still hold that that authority figure but do it in an engaging way by getting down to their eye level and actually seeing the world from their, their level. And often it helps me actually see what they are going through and why they're upset from a very different angle from up above. So that's what I mean by involved. You're the involved super pops, Blake. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Last question, what are you most grateful for today? Uh, today uh, and on many of these days is just this time with my family. Um, yeah, this, we, we really, while lockdowns are tough from that first question, um, they are really precious. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that we are still able to do our work, although differently, but the time we're having together as a family um, is just really precious and yeah this could be the only moment that we get this um again uh with a two-year-old and a four-year-old uh, at two parents at home um yeah this is this is not normal um but there's just so many rewarding moments through the day from this so we're really trying to make the most of that very well said blake well thank you very much blake for being generous of your time and sharing your family's story and your work at Sutai Stroller and Dad's End. We are all in support in this journey in advocating for change. And thank you, Katrina, and well done on starting Super Pops. This is um, such a great initiative, and I, I really hope um, it, it really inspires lots of mums and dads out there on their own journeys with, uh, with parenthood. Well done. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. But before I let you go, I have a huge ask. If you know a Super Pops and wouldn't mind getting interviewed by a novice like me, please let me know either by sending me a voice message or sending me an email at cat, that's K-A-T, at becomingsuperpops.com. Let's build a more inclusive world by recognizing and celebrating one Super Pops at a time.